Today, with the help of our children, uh, we'd like to share with you some of the stories of the meaning behind the decorations of Christmas tree. Now, the tree is a symbol of everlasting life. Evergreens stay green all season, and they remind us of the joy and living forever with God. This is the good news, that Jesus' birth, his life on earth, his death, and his resurrection proclaim to all of humanity. The angel told Mary, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and we will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And the tree reminds us of the gift of eternal life that Jesus gives to us. So right now, I would like to ask all of our children, four years old through the fifth grade, if they would come up here to the front to help us out. And we're going to start. Come on up, kids. We're going to start with you guys sitting right up here on the front bench, okay? So just come right and sit down for just a moment. All right, and when it's, kids, when it's your guys' turn to help, uh, Miss Robin or Miss Antonia are going to help you guys know what to do, okay? So you just sit there and be ready. And uh, if there's any, you know, kids a little bit older, some of our high school seniors or something who want to get in on this, <laughs> you guys can come up too, all right? Can I sit right beside There are a lot of stories and many ideas about why we decorate evergreens at Christmas time. One favorite that many adults know is that a man named Martin Luther started the tradition over 400 years ago. The story goes that one Christmas Eve, Martin was out walking in the woods near his home. He was praying and thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He looked up into the midnight sky and became thrilled with the beauty of a tall evergreen that was shadowed against the starry sky. He decided he wanted to take the tree home with him, so he cut it down dragged it home, built a base, and stood it up tall in his house. Then he fastened candles to it. They didn't have electric lights then. He lit the candles and stood beside it to admire the tree. Those candles remind him of the stars that were in the sky over Bethlehem on the night that Jesus was born. We have electric lights today on our tree. These lights remind us that Jesus came to bring light to a dark and sinful world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now we'd like the children to come forward and put angels on our tree. Angels are God's messengers. An angel appeared to Mary to tell her she was to be Jesus' mother. An angel appeared to Joseph, too, and then to some shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So why don't we stand up and we will sing Angels We Have Heard on High.
Our next decoration for our tree is the star. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Magi from the east came looking for Jesus, saying, We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And on their way, the star they had seen went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. So our star reminds us of the special star that led the Magi to Jesus. Next, the kids will bring the bells to put on the tree. The bells remind us of Christmas joy. After the shepherds had found the baby Jesus, they spread the news, telling people what they had seen and heard. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. In some countries around the world, bells ring out in every church at midnight on Christmas Eve to announce the birthday of Jesus, who brings joy and peace for all. So the bells remind us of joy. We have, a sort, we have an assortment of other ornaments for our tree. The round Christmas ornaments remind us of God's love. God's love has no beginning and no end. The round ornaments can also remind us of the earth, that Jesus left his throne in heaven to come and live on the earth to show us the way to God. The colors of Christmas also have special meaning. We have red, which reminds us of the blood of Jesus that he shed for our sins. Those tiny hands and feet of the baby Jesus would one day be pierced when he died on the cross for you and me, that our sins may be forgiven. The color white stands for purity and light. Jesus is the light of the world, and he is without sin. The Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way as we are, yet he did not sin. Green represents eternal life. We have the eternal life we have in Jesus. Jesus offers us new life and friendship with God today and life forever with God in the future. And then we also have gold. The gold reminds us of heaven. Jesus left his awesome home in heaven to come down and live with us in a suffering world. He came to save us, and Jesus promises that all who trust in him will one day live in his amazing heaven with him. All right, kids, what is our tree missing? What? Presents, that's right. It's missing the gifts underneath. At Christmas time, we present gifts to one another um, as a symbol of our love for one another. And this is because God sent us the greatest gift of all gifts at Christmas time. He gave us the gift of his son, Jesus. We can hear about this gift. We can read about it, but until we accept the gift and receive it as part of our lives, we will never be able to experience everything that God wants for us as his children. 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, today, we are going to collect our Advent conspiracy offering in some gift boxes. And then we're going to set those under our tree, okay? Now, um, everyone, a little bit later, we're going to receive our regular offering, okay? So there's two offerings going on. The first one, which is happening right now, this is the offering that is going to go to the Watoto Orphanage in Uganda, Africa to renovate their medical clinic. Now, if you're visiting with us, we've been working on this for a long time as a church, and so we're, we're excited to bring that, and if you want to contribute, we would love for you to contribute. If you've been here and you've been a part and listening in, and you've joined one of our teams, then on your check, would you just let us know which team it is? You can use like a C for Christmas presents, or if you were on Team Hydration, an H, D for Team Dine Out. You know, we kind of have this little friendly competition going on. So just let us know that. You can write it on your offering envelope, on your check. Uh, go ahead and make the check out to Philida Baptist Church, and in the memo line, you can put Advent Conspiracy, AC, Uganda, Orphan, I mean, whatever. We'll figure it out. And just let us know what team you're on and that that's being uh, given to. So I'm going to ask our kids if they will get the gift boxes. And our ushers are going to kind of watch you guys do that. And the other kids are coming up on the steps to help us sing. So kids, if you'll come on up here on the steps and turn around and look at your folks.
you guys uh, stand up with us. We're going to sing one more song with all the kids up on the stage this time. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Shepherds kept their watching for silence lost by night. We hope throughout the heavens has shown a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and Shepherds fear and tremble when low among the earth. Bring out the angel chorus and hail the Savior's word. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go. you guys can all have a seat. And can I kind of get right in there in the middle of all you guys and maybe kind of back up and turn around? You can kind of squat down a little bit or something like that. I don't know. But I got this Christmas present, right? And I want to show it to you. I actually got this Christmas present back when I was in high school. Yeah, whoa is right. So (laughs) you figure that I've kind of held on to this thing for almost 30 years. So it's probably a pretty important present, huh? And it is. In fact, there's been a few times that this present has actually saved my life. Can you believe that? Yeah, big deal, huh? You guys got any idea what it is? No. Let, let me show you. You guys looking? There it is. Look, look. You guys know what that is? Does anybody know what that is? Compass? What is that? Compass? Is that what that is? Yes. Yeah, it's a compass, isn't it? And do you guys know what With makes... it With a mirror. That's right. It's a cool... It was an expensive gun. Yeah. 
you, you guys want to steal the show here? Doing a good job. North is that way. You're right. No, you're wrong. Oh. If we turn this like that, Oops. north is that way. And that's what makes this compass so special, huh? Because no matter where you're at, when you take this compass out, it always points north. And so no, no matter where I'm at, even if I don't know where I am, if I've got my compass, I can always get home compass always points north. Isn't that cool? It's pretty cool, huh? You guys can go ahead and have a seat for a little bit right here, and I got some other stuff coming. But you know, kids, the thing that I've so appreciated this morning is that you guys have done just an incredible job of showing to all of us that all of these decorations that we see all over at this time of the year, that they all point in some way, shape, or form to Jesus. You guys have done a great job showing that to us. But you know what puzzles me? The thing that puzzles me is that with all the decorations and with all the music that's played overhead and with all of the icons and rituals and various things that are going on at this time of the year, you know what? Some people don't see Jesus. They don't see all that these things point to. Now, why do you suppose that is? Why with all these decorations that point to Jesus, why don't people see Jesus? Yes, ma'am. Because it, they might have seen Jesus better if the star was actually an angel. Yeah. <laughs> they, they might have. That might have got their attention. Yes, sir. Whoa, that is a great answer, Evan. You know, I think that Evan's on to something. I think one of the reasons that people struggle to see Jesus is because there's something about all of the gifts and presents and decorations that we have that in some way tricks our eye and our mind so we don't see what we're intended to see. I got some pictures that are going to kind of give us an example of that. And the first one is on this sheet up in the corner. And you guys can have a copy of this. And there's some crayons. And in a minute, I'll have you color that in a little bit. In fact, everybody's got a sheet. Everybody doesn't get crayons. But if you want to shade it with a pencil, I'm totally cool with that. Now, maybe you've seen this picture before. If you have, some of you, you see an elderly lady, right? Or, or do some of you see a young lady? Yeah. Right. Okay. How many? How many see the elderly lady? How many see the younger lady? All right. Here, let me help us out. If you happen to be seeing the elderly lady, the reason you see the elderly lady is because oh man, I'm nervous. Is because this thing, this thing here, this is her nose, and this is an eyelash, and this is an eyelash, and this is her mouth, and she's kind of facing this way, right? You see the elderly lady? Okay, the younger, <laughs> oh, I get it. The younger lady, she's, she's got her face turned away like this, and this is her chin, this is her jaw, and this is her eyelash, and her nose is that little piece right there, that's her ear, and this is a necklace. You see that? Okay, isn't, isn't that amazing how your eye plays a trick on you in terms of what that is? So kids, if you first saw the elderly lady, you guys, while I'm talking, can 
color in an elderly lady. If you saw the young woman, go ahead and color in the young woman. But as you start to color, you, you got to look up here for a little bit more because I got some more pictures to show you. All right. So this next picture, this one can kind of trick your eyes too. How many of you see spirals? You see some spirals kind of out there? Well, if you see spirals, uh, you're eye and mind are playing tricks on you because actually all that's there are alternating black and white squares lined up in circles. So if I can hold this steady enough, if we started here, geez, and went right on around here, we would end up in a circle right back where we started. If we started here and we went around this, we would not spiral in at all, but we would actually end up again in the circle. If we're out here and we follow this one around, it goes all the way around in a perfect circle. And once again, the outer one does the same thing. There are no spirals. They are just squares in the form of circles. Isn't that cool? Yeah, all right, let's take a look at another one. All right, when you look at that picture, does the blue line or the red line connect to the black line through the gray box. So if you were to draw the black line on through, which, which one would connect it? All right. Well, if you think it's blue, once again, your eye has played a trick on you. And I need a little thing to show you this. Yeah, it's... Whew. Just don't... Re okay, so if you think it's the blue one and you try to line it up, it's got a problem. But if you were to turn it down, look at that. The black one goes to the red one. Isn't that amazing how your eye does that? All right, I've got one more. One more. All right. Which, uh, if you're colorblind, I apologize, you can't even play this game. <laughs> But if you're not, which green line do you think is longer? Now, by this time in the game, you're saying to yourself, I'm pretty sure it's the one on the right, but it must be the one on the left because that's the way the game works, right? All right. Well, let's, can everybody see, can everybody see this black tape? You can say, okay, so this is going to be our, our measure mark, all right? So if we go back in here on our measure mark and we lay this right kind of up here, we see that that's about that long, right? Yeah. All right, if we then just slide right across here, guess what? It's the What in the world is that? It is the same size. Is that crazy? It is that, Evan, is a very good word. Why is it, why is it that our eyes cause us to think that the one on the right is longer than the one on the left. It's because... It, farther away? Well, it's actually exact. It's the way the squares. Everything else on the picture, the colors, the lines, everything else cause our eyes to misperceive, misunderstand what's actually there so that we think that they're the same. They, we think they're different lengths when they're not. Basically, what we have there is we have, what's that sheet say, kids? Everything around the lines creates an illusion. And you guys can write illusion right in there on that uh, line, if you would like. 
I-L-L-U-S-I-O-N. That was a great question. Thank you for asking that. But here's the point, guys. The point is that I think the same thing happens around Christmas. The reason that people don't see Jesus at Christmas is because the stuff that we use to celebrate Christmas, all the decorations and the gifts and the gift buying, all that stuff distracts people from the real meaning. I think that's what's going on. And we actually see this happen in one of my favorite Christmas stories. How many of you have ever read How the Grinch Stole Christmas? It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. You've seen it? You know that the Grinch, the Grinch is a classic example of someone who lets all the stuff of Christmas distract them from the true meaning of Christmas. The book begins like this. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. So the Grinch goes to great lengths to sneak into Whoville and to steal everything that represents Christmas. He stole the stockings. He stole the presents. He even, he even went into the kitchen, opened the refrigerator, and stole Christmas dinner. And then he took all the ornaments, all the decorations. He even took the tree and stole it. And just as the Grinch was about to throw everything that symbolized Christmas off Mount Crumpet, he heard something. Do you know what he heard? He heard singing. And the Grinch stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And you know what the Grinch did after that? He, gave away. he took all the presents, 
And he took them all back down, all the decorations, took everything back to the Who's in Whoville, and he celebrated Christmas with them. You know, kids, far too often, far too many people are kind of like the Grinch. And they allow all the stuff of Christmas to distract them from the real meaning of Christmas. You see, kids, Christmas is a celebration about a person, a living person who was born for you, who lived a perfect life, who died in your place, and who rose again and is alive today so that you can have eternal life. Christmas is Jesus. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is about God the Father giving to us the greatest gift ever. And in our Bibles, in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus says, Do not be afraid. Jesus, he explains what this gift is. And he says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, here, Jesus compares us to a flock of sheep. Does anybody know why he would do that? Why does Jesus compare us to sheep? Yes. That is a great answer. He loves us like a shepherd loves his sheep. Yeah. And just like a shepherd, how a shepherd provides and protects for sheep, well, in that same way, God provides and protects for us, his children. It also says here that God is our heavenly father. Now, all of us have some issues with our dads. That Don't we? We all have some issues with our dads. And they cause us to not see that God is our perfect father. It's kind of like those eye teasers that we saw just a little bit earlier. Because our dads aren't perfect, or maybe they're not around, um, sometimes we misunderstand what a totally awesome and good father God is to us. And so we need to clear away those distractions and get a clear picture of God our father. Jesus said in John fourteen nine, Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. And what we see in Jesus is we see someone who is totally selfless. Totally selfless. Expressing love perfectly with grace and truth and righteousness. And he is compassionate. Calling everyone to come and experience his rest and his peace and his joy. It's the stuff we sing about on Christmas. And that father, our heavenly father, God... Well, he wants to give us his kingdom. Kids, have you ever seen a king's kingdom? No? Yeah? Oh, you're jumping ahead of me. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure I've ever actually seen one, but everything I hear about kingdoms is that they are really big and they are really beautiful, right? Well, God's kingdom is the biggest and the best and the most beautiful kingdom of all. And, as this young lady pointed out, 
there's a picture of a kingdom on your sheet. And what I would like you kids to do is I would like you to color that in just as beautifully as you possibly can. That's good. And while you're coloring that in, I'm going to explain God's kingdom. Now, I said that I'm going to explain God's kingdom. And yet, the thought of explaining God's kingdom, it's kind of like, you've got to be kidding. I mean, we're not here that long. The whole Bible gives us pictures into God's kingdom. And a guy by the name of Randy Alcorn, he took what the Bible says, and he wrote this huge volume, and he titled it Heaven. It's a great read. So how can we ever explain God's kingdom right now? Well, I'm going to lean real hard on a pastor named John Piper, um, who's written a lot of great books. And... He takes some key verses from the Bible and he just puts them together in summary fashion to give us a picture of this beautiful kingdom. And he says it this way. He says, the magnitude of this gift is felt. Okay, the magnitude of this gift, the gift of the kingdom, is felt when we realize that the unspeakable privileges of it are secondary to the main reward in the kingdom, we will inherit the earth and the world, but this is secondary. By the way, I've put on your sheet on the back of it the verses that this stuff comes from. In the kingdom, we will judge angels, but this too is secondary from 1 Corinthians. In the kingdom, we will reign on earth with Christ and possess power over the nations from 2 Timothy and Revelations. We will eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. We will beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore from Micah. Justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream from Amos. Our bodies will be made new. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be crying or pain or guilt or fear anymore. And we will sit on the very throne of the King of Kings. But all these are secondary privileges of the kingdom. The main reward of the kingdom, the reward above all others and in all others, is that in the kingdom, we will behold the glory of God and enjoy that glory with the very pleasure of God. That is a Christmas present. And it doesn't come from a store. I want to encourage you this Christmas to just expect so much more than what our eyes and our heads often cause us to see when we're experiencing Christmas. And here's what I find so very cool on Christmas morning. Kids, do you guys like to give and receive gifts? It's pretty good, isn't it? So do I. Our Heavenly Father is pleased 
to give us the kingdom. Kids, this morning I gave my family some gifts, and they were some pretty rocking gifts. And when those gifts came out, you know what I did? I got the camera out, right? And I took a picture as people were opening it up. Why did I do that? Because it's so fun to give gifts to people. I mean, the look on their faces, that excitement, that, yeah, it's like, yes, I give them that gift. Oh, I love it. The Father is pleased with that kind of pleasure, more so than Pastor Mark can ever manufacture. God is pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus says in Matthew seven eleven, If you then, though you are human, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to give you the best gift of all. The gift of himself in his kingdom. And you receive that gift through Jesus. Jesus opens the floodgate for you to experience all that God is and all that is in store for eternity with God. Oh, that's Christmas. Amen? Amen. So today, there is no greater gift that you could receive than to receive God's gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. In Revelation 3.20, I've written it at the bottom of your sheet there. Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. How many of you are going to feast this afternoon? It's going to be good, isn't it? Would you invite Jesus to be part of your feasting? Not just today, but every day? Yeah, good job. You know, you can do that. You can do that by simply asking Jesus to be part of your life. I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads for prayer. And I'm going to say a very simple prayer. And if you want to ask Jesus into your heart and receive his gift, you can pray something like this. Quietly in your heart as I say this out loud, you could just say something like, Jesus, today I want you to come into my life. I know that I have sinned and fall short of God's goodness. Forgive me for, and you guys can fill in the blank. Jesus, today I receive you as God's Christmas present to me. I want to trust you for every aspect of my life for the rest of my life. Father in heaven, thank you for being happy to give me yourself and your kingdom through Jesus. Amen.